Good morning, Hope Church. It's really good to be with you. Let's pray as we start this morning. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you that in this season we are reminded that your plan of Jesus came into being. And we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your love and your compassion. And we ask that you would help us today. Lord, bless us, encourage us, inspire us, and move us towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. This week we move into the third week of Advent, Advent being the coming of Jesus Christ. That is the first coming of Jesus Christ. And as we move into this third week, I want to speak to you on the power of one. The amazing ability of what one person can achieve in the world full of people. We often underestimate what we can achieve. And yet history is filled with people who made a great difference, individuals who impacted us for good for generations to come. All through the Bible, God uses people. Names of individuals come chapter after chapter. Some achieved good things, sadly others achieved bad. And yet God is interested in the lives of these individuals. If you've ever read through your Bible, you will have come across a book called One Chronicles. And the first seven chapters of One Chronicles are all names of people. What does that tell us? It tells us that God is concerned about the individual. He knows us all by name. He cares for you. And yet often we let other people's judgment about us stop us from doing the great things that God wants us to do. To further illustrate how God uses people, you just need to take a look at Hebrews chapter 11. This is a, a chapter in the Bible that we recently did a series on, and if you've not watched those, then do go back and have a look through them. And yet, this chapter is a hall of faith of people who did great things for God. And it mentions the individual people. It mentions by name and it tells you what they did. And when we look at these people, it's really striking that they are ordinary people, that they are people who are full of flaws. They are people who have limitations and they are people who have failures. In fact, they are people just like you and just like me. The truth is that they were no different from what we are today. The good news is that God uses ordinary people. People like you, people like me, people who are flawed, people who fail, people who feel limited. In fact, the only quality that seems to be required in Hebrews 11 was faith. These people trusted God. And in trusting God, they did extraordinary things. In the book of Daniel, it says this in Daniel 11, verse 32. This is from the New King James Version. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I want you to think for a moment about the narrative of the Bible. What we mean by narrative is about the stories in, of real life in the Bible. The Bible contains 75% stories about people, about places, about events. These are real stories about real people, people 
like you and me, separated by time and culture. We are similar to them. Have you ever wondered why there are so many narratives in the Bible? And it's very simple because God wants us to understand that he interacts and he lives and works with people. God wants to get involved in the lives of people. God is not a God of abstract commands. He's not a God who is separated from us and doesn't want anything to do with us. He's not a God who is concerned simply about creeds and statements of faith, even though they are important. He is a God about life. He's a God who gives life. And more importantly, he is a God who can be known and trusted in the warp and woof of life. In the things that we do every day, God wants to be involved. What I like about God is that he doesn't expect us to lock ourselves away from the world. We don't need to retreat. God is best outworked in daily life and daily experience. What I mean is that without a daily life and a daily activity to be involved in, there is very little that faith has to work on. Now, this challenge of faith is equally present for every generation. We have to work out our life with God in our generation and our context. We may bemoan that our context or our generation is the hardest, but in reality, every generation has its own challenges. This is also true for every nation. Each nation has its own burdens to bear. The burdens differ with every nation. And so we find this tremendous encouragement in the Bible. God chose to record people's lives and more importantly, how their lives interacted with God. It shows their failures, it shows their successes. It becomes a guidebook for us also, showing us what worked with God and what didn't work. And it highlights some phenomenal exploits that were done by individuals. I want to mention a few this morning. Think of Noah for a minute. Noah built an ark and in doing so, he saved the human race and he saved every creature. One righteous man in a wicked generation achieved that. Think about that, one man. Think about Abraham, unable to have children and yet Abraham and Sarah trusted in God and they became the parents of many nations. Think about Joseph, the youngest in his family, hated by his brothers, almost killed by them but sold as a slave by them, unjustly thrown into prison, and yet he rose to become the second most powerful man in Egypt. And in that role, he saves many people and also his own people. What an amazing testimony. One man with such a tough life and tough breaks and abuse and ill-treated, and yet he made such a huge difference in the lives of many people. Think about Moses, born a slave, adopted by royalty, murdered an Egyptian, becomes a fugitive, settles down as a shepherd, and then becomes the leader of Israel. He brings around one and a half million people out of slavery. 
He takes them safely through the desert over a 40-year period. What an amazing man, governing all those people, one individual who made such a huge difference. Then there's Jonah. I love Jonah. He preached and saw 120,000 people saved. The reason I'm laughing is he wasn't happy with the result. He didn't want them to get saved. But again, one man with God, doing what God wanted, and he saw an amazing thing happen. And then I want to narrow it down to what we would maybe call a more ordinary person, the widow of Zarephath. She was about to die, starved to death, and yet she trusted God. She listened to the man of God. She acted in faith. And through that, she was able to not only feed her family, but provide for all of her family. Saw an amazing miracle of God. And in the New Testament, we have the Apostle Paul. He persecuted Christians. He helped to see them put in prison and put to death. And yet he became the greatest evangelist that the world has probably seen. It says this in Acts 17 about Paul. Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Paul turned the world upside down, one man. I want to finish this list of people by taking a brief look at Mary and Joseph. It's apt for the season that we are in. Two people who were faced with tremendous obstacles. The challenge of Mary being pregnant before she was married uh, to Joseph. The challenge of traveling in heavy pregnancy and then having to flee to Egypt and then raising Jesus. All of these challenges that they faced. And yet they were entrusted with the care of the Messiah. Jesus, the Son of God. God entrusted his own son to Mary and Joseph, a carpenter and his wife. Think about that. The living God said, I want this carpenter and his wife, I want them to take care of Jesus, my son. What an amazing thing. Two ordinary people, and they did great things for God. These people achieved amazing things. Perhaps not the amazing things that the world wants to see, but certainly the amazing things that God is looking for. And in the end, God is the one who will judge all people. He's the one that we need to please. And you'll see that there is a common denominator with all of these things that these people achieved. Their greatness is in the hands of God. They could never achieve those things themselves. They had to exhibit trust in God. They had to believe what he told them. And you know, that makes it a level playing field for all of us. The great things that God wants you to do, the great things that God wants me to do, we know that we can't do it. We don't have the power, we don't have the gifts or the strength to do it, but we know that as we trust God and he supplies the gift, the skill, the resources, that we can achieve all that God wants to do. And that means it's no harder for us than it was for them. They had to trust God in their context. We have to trust God in our context. We've only scratched the surface. The Bible is full of people. If you have the time to read through the Bible next year, I would encourage you to do so and just read story after story and see what amazing things simple people did.
Then there are those who have lived throughout church history. We've not even mentioned them. Men and women who changed the world, people like Calvin and Martin Luther, Jonathan Edwards and John Wesley, George Whitfield and George Muller, Billy Graham and so on. All of these people proved God. These guys did great exploits for God. Many times they had to walk that road alone, but Christ was always with them. I want to suggest to you this morning that these people are examples. They're in the Bible, they're in church history because they are an example to us. They're an example for us to follow. They're not super statist people. Many of them were flawed, some had disabilities, and yet they all trusted God. And you too can do amazing things. Remember that scripture I read earlier, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The key here is knowing God. You need to know God. That's open to each one of us. We can all repent of our sin. We can all choose to follow Jesus and we can all choose what we do with our time. And to know God, we must give him time. To know God, we need to spend time with him, reading the word of God, prayer, talking to God and sitting and listening to God. Daniel's statement is reinforced by Jesus. In John 14, verse 12 to 14, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Daniel said those who know their God will do great exploits. And Jesus said that whoever believes in him will do what he did and even greater things. That should be a massive encouragement to us. We can do great things in God. Let me tell you, uh, as I look at you through this lens this morning, let me tell you, God has a plan for your life. God wants to do great things through your life. Not the great things the world thinks are great, but the things that are great in God's kingdom. Jesus spoke his words to every disciple. In John 17, Jesus said, My prayer is not for them alone, but I pray also for all those who will believe in me through their message. This message this morning is for you. Jesus prayed for you because you would believe. J.B. Phillips, in his translation of the New Testament, translated Romans 12, 1-2 like this. With eyes wide open, turn to the mercies of God. I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. What an amazing translation. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mould. If ever there is a word for this season, it is that word. Do not let the world squeeze you into its mould with all of its ideology, with all of its politics, uh, with all of its social stuff. Don't let it squeeze you into its mould, but it says, let God remould you. 
Let God come into your life and change your thinking and remould you into something that is in the image of Jesus. You were created for great things, God things. You were made to destroy the works of the devil. You were created to be a witness to all mankind and to do great exploits and you can do it. You are an amazing people. It has blessed me over these eight, nine months that we've been in this lockdown and with COVID pandemic. It has amazed me just how amazing Hope Church people are. And I want to encourage you that God has great plans for you. Sometimes we can miss it because we don't give God the time. And I want to urge you over this Christmas time, take some time out, take a day or an hour, spend some time and say, Lord, I want you to speak to me. Lord, I want you to direct me. You know, the end of this year and the beginning of next year is a good time. And I want this message now because once we get into that season, we may forget. Look in your diary, put some time and say, Lord, what great things do you want me to do? Think about Jesus's mission. Follow the race that God has marked out for you. It's a great race that will lead to a great prize. I want to finish this morning with a quote that I mentioned a few weeks ago. It's a quote from an evangelist called Henry Varley. The world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And that means man or woman. The world has yet to see what God can do through you as you consecrate your life to him. Remember the power of one. One person can make all the differences in the world. John Wesley came to a United Kingdom. He was born and lived in a United Kingdom that was full of sin. And yet he changed it. One man. You could be that one man or one woman that brings revival to the United Kingdom. God wants to do amazing things through you. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you. Pray for every believer watching this, that actually they are great men and women of God, that they have great power because they are filled with the Spirit. And Lord, I want to thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for them. I want to pray that you would not allow the devil to rob them of your plan and purpose uh, through distraction, through busyness. And Lord, I pray over this period that you would speak. I pray that you would show the greatness of the plan that you have and the prize that is there at the end. And so, Lord, bless your people. I pray that you would raise up many evangelists, many teachers and preachers and witnesses. Lord, that your gifts would become powerful and mature in your people, that the world may see that Jesus Christ lives in us. And so, Lord, bless your people today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Have a really great day.